each breadcrumb along the trail needs to um, build towards something. And if it's just interesting to you and you're just kind of flexing because it's a cool quote or it's like, you know, this really funny story, but it isn't actually building towards the end, um, you're going to it's just going to be distracting. Hey, welcome back to the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. My name is David Bloom. And I'm Alan Briggs. And I'm really excited about this episode. I know we say that word all the time, but I actually got to sit down with uh, two people who have had a huge influence on me. It's Tim Mackey and John Collins from The Bible Project. And I can remember way back when, it was probably six years ago, when they started producing content on YouTube, I was a young pastor and I stumbled across one of their videos and I was blown away by what they do. They take these massive biblical themes or whole books of the Bible and they condense it down into a beautifully animated uh, four, five, six minute video that is just rich in content, yet they're able to say so much in such a little amount of time. And that's what I really dug into on this episode is their kind of efficiency of words. And this is something that John called intellectual empathy of really just sharing with your audience um, what they need to know and not getting stuck up on all the things that you want to say. Um, but what does your audience need to know? And Alan, I know that you do this extremely well. You have an efficiency of words um, that is really admirable. How did that come into your communication? Yeah, I, I think it's so important today to do what these guys do. They, they do it so well. Like you said, they're the best out there. I mean, I watch these videos with my kids and it's just so crucial. If you're going to say things today online in a space when they can be misinterpreted, um, you know, somebody could run away with one clip or soundbite, um, always thinking through what could people say against this or how could people take this out of context? And that's just something that I spend a lot of time thinking about. I also have a lot of friends who don't know Jesus who are on social media. And I just want to make sure that there's a winsome presence there. And again, I learned from the Bible Project. It is amazing. I watch the videos with my kids before bed, and I'm learning all the time from them. I mean, it's just the perfect marriage of creativity and of just enough words well said. So I love the idea of intellectual empathy. And um, instead of just pounding it down people's throats, we have to think, what are they going to be processing on the other side of this? What questions do they have? Would they follow up and have a real conversation afterwards? So this is just an amazing interview. And um, these guys have just pulled off something that really nobody else has been able to. And uh, I just admire these guys so much. So if you are a communicator in any sense of the word, whether you're a pastor, a writer, or you create any sort of content that people are going to be interacting with, this episode is for you. So I encourage you to listen to this one over again, listen to this one slowed down, but there is gold in here in, in how we communicate a lot with a little. So please enjoy this episode with John and Tim from The Bible Project. Well, today I have the privilege of talking with the founders of The Bible Project, Tim Mackey and John Collins. Guys, thanks for taking the time to talk to our listeners. Great to be here. Yeah, totally. Thanks for having us. Yes, awesome. I'm, I'm guessing most of our audience already knows your work with The Bible Project, but before we jump in, can you give us some background on The Bible Project and how it all came about? Sure. Yeah, uh, this is John. Um, how did it come about? So Tim and I actually met in college, undergrad. We were both going to a college here, a Bible school here in Portland, Oregon, where we still are at. And then Tim kind of went on to study the Bible for what, another <laughs> 10 years or something after that? Yeah. I, I paid other institutions so that I could keep studying the Bible. Yeah. yeah. Professional yeah. student. Yep. Um, I went on to um, get into animation and telling stories and more specifically explaining things mm -hmm. through the visual medium. And that got me into the realm of, uh, of this world of explainer videos, mostly for tech companies. Tim and I came back together. Tim moved back to Portland about six years ago, mm -hmm. and we started talking about taking it, this visual medium. At that point, medium. you were, what, five years into uh, the business that you had started? Or yeah, even that's more probably about right. Yeah, that's right. 
Yeah, so, I'd start a bit. Yeah, yeah. So you had a whole, you had a business, you had a studio full of artists who were already mm-hmm. making videos. I was getting really bored of making videos <laughs> about tech products, um, <laughs> and uh, I thought it would be really fun and rewarding to explore the Bible and then explain it through this visual medium. Mm-hmm. And um, Tim, uh, Tim was excited about the idea. Uh, I need, I really needed someone to work with who actually understood the Bible. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I went to Bible school, but I, I just felt like I knew just enough to be dangerous. And the mm-hmm. internet is a cruel place. And I didn't want to put stuff up that was mm-hmm. just, you know, yeah. halfway thought out. Yeah. So we teamed up and we um, we designed hmm. a couple pilots. Yeah. Yeah. We both, yeah, kind of moonlighted or side gig, whatever you call it. Yeah. We kind of <laughs> just yeah, gave, yeah. yeah, extra time to it, working on the first couple of videos. But the moment John asked me, I just started to dream big. Yeah. I think I dreamed mm. up a library of 100 videos mm-hmm. before we even started. Oh, and, my gosh. Uh, well, 66 were books of the Bible. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, we, yeah, uh, started working on the first few mm-hmm. and um, decided we wanted yeah. to try to fund it through the crowd mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not have any sort of paywall so that just it was accessible. Mm-hmm. And so, just built a whole, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, strategy for how to do that. Yeah. And people have been super generous. So, we started putting those out. And just saying, uh, we want to make more of these. So if you want to fund the next one, jump in. And people mm. have done that. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it's slowly built uh, over time. But, you know, in the last five, six years that we've been working on it, mm-hmm. um, there has been a lot of growth. And we've been yeah. able to um, build a whole organization mm-hmm. around it and put yeah. out a lot of content. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it started as a side hustle or a side yeah. kind of yeah. project. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's right. And what can you remember back when you came to the realization like this is this is big. Like this isn't mm. just kind of a, a hobby project or a side project, but where it started to pick up steam and kind of snowball. Do you remember that moment and were you surprised? What how did you guys process that? Mm. Uh, it was more like a series of moments mm. over the first couple of years. I think we were surprised uh at the first few releases that we were able to raise the money for the next video within usually within days or Mm -hmm. a week. Uh, and, and they're not inexpensive to make, (laughs) you know, I was, I was couldn't believe it. Uh, so that kept happening. Every video we put out, we, but it wasn't really the true cost because yeah, that's right. You know, we were cutting a lot of corners. Tim and I were doing it on the side. Um, and, uh, we were really just paying artists. Yeah, and yeah. we had and we had raised money on the side. Yeah, that's right. To kind of supplement it. Yeah. So it still kind of felt like, mm-hmm. yeah, this might continue to work. Yeah. It might not, but we we're at least making a few videos. Yeah, yeah. the The breakthrough was um, when uh, we got uh, some people approached us with a, a kind of significant offer of resources, so that we could just create a ton of content and build a big runway. And so that was when we came up with a series for a video for every book of the Bible called gotcha. the Read, Read Scripture series. And then we could release videos like every week. Yeah, and, almost every week. And then week. that year really yeah. um, ch- changed uh, the momentum and allowed us to start even giving half time to it and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember the first time I saw one of your videos, I was planting up just 30 minutes north of where I'm sitting. Huh. Um, and brand new planter. I was 24 years old at the time, and I saw it was a theme video. You, it was you weren't. You were not in a garden. You were uh, planting a church. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was not in a garden. I was yeah. planting yeah, a like, church. Yes, deal. Yeah, I, <laughs> I figure that is that's probably clar- important. Clarify for your listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was planting a church up in Colorado in the mountains, isolated, tiny little town, huh. just starting to preach for the first time, feeling insecure with Mm. just the amount of training I've had and the resources and feeling like I just knew enough of the Bible to be dangerous. Mm. Similar, similar to what you said, John. Mm. And I remember seeing the heaven and earth video and instantly Mm. I was hooked. I was so just thankful for that content, for the Mm. way it was described, for the way it was explained, the rich kind of biblical theme explained in a deep yet approachable and then visually beautiful 
way. Hmm. And so first, thank you for just how you've influenced me as a pastor um, and helped shape my ministry. But how did you guys land on that format? It was a kind of just a synthesis of your two gifts or what, how did you, you know, land on that medium of visual storytelling? Uh, I think that's, yeah, a synthesis mm. of both of us. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause I had been exploring this visual medium yeah. and there is a, a way to make explainer videos that's emerged in the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but at the same time, the way that Tim thinks, um, his clarity of, of the entire biblical narrative and how these themes, um, string through the narrative beginning usually on the first pages of the Bible and then culminating in, in the last pages of the Bible and having its climax in the person of Jesus, um, so just, yeah, just working on that. I think that that's heaven mm. and earth video was mm. our first video that we wrote together. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, and so mm. we worked out a lot of kinks yeah. on how, how these videos would work, that we would do a dialogue that we would, we would try to recreate the journey through the biblical narrative within the video, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, remembering that we're not just saying things we're also showing things and making sure that those two things work together mm-hmm. and that we're building a, a a visual library of ideas in the same way that we're building this kind of theological vocabulary um so um yeah it was just kind mm-hmm. of a partnership in that way yeah in a way my experience of it was john inviting me to kind of you know help create these things my perception was that you had kind of worked out how this medium of the short animated explainer video worked and so and in a way it was kind of us both bringing our passion projects from the last (laughs) preceding years Mm -hmm. to meet together and uh so what i found we would sit down and talk about heaven and earth for hours yeah and he would ask questions in a way that forced me to restate things in a way that was all even clearer to me than when we started talking. And so I was learning too. It was just great. It was a, it's just been a fun symbiosis. And the, uh, the result is the video, which is more like a distillation of this long conversation we've been having. Yeah. And, and that's uh, how it feels. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. That, that it feels that way because that's how it is. <laughs> yeah. We're just kind of work, working it, working it out. So yeah, yeah. It, it it's yeah. made it very fun because it just feels pretty natural to our, our friendship and what things we were kind of already interested in. Yeah. Yeah. It really does feel like you're just inviting us into that and then showing it visually. Yeah. And, and why do you think kind of that synthesis of a conversation, a deep conversation on biblical themes that's told visually. Why is that resonated so well? Yeah. I I think there's, well, I think there's a number of reasons and it's, it's interesting. We don't have a lot of time to reflect on it Mm. because we just are doing it. We just over and over and over. I was working on the next project. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But when we do have time to reflect, I mean, I, I mean, there is just something about the visual medium, right? You've, when you hear something, you remember a certain amount of it. Um, when you hear something and see something um, visually explained, it's a lot stickier. Um, and also, it's just really efficient. Like if you if you spend the time to explain a concept and then you create a symbol for mm-hmm. that journey you just can't, went on to understand it. Now that symbol is the shorthand mm-hmm. for that whole journey mm-hmm. of understanding and. Um, and, and words are the same thing, mm-hmm. but there's something about mm-hmm. visual. It's just it's just really easy to to mm-hmm. follow and connect the dots, mm-hmm. um, and so it creates these aha moments um, really quickly for people. And sometimes it's an aha like I never understood that, and sometimes it's like oh yeah, I understood that. I just never understood it so clearly, or I didn't mm. didn't know how to explain it. Mm. Um, and when you have those moments, it's like almost like the shot of adrenaline, like, mm. like, whoa, whoa. Like, I get it. Yeah. And yeah, there's just, that's right. people just lovely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean, th- those, those reasons, I mean, mm-hmm. Tim, what do you, what else do you think? Um, I, th- I think there's an element where, um, 
there's a whole layer of our culture that's Bible antagonists. Mm. Um, so they're not really interested. Uh, there are a lot of people in our culture who are, are Bible protagonists. Um, and, the, you know, that's a large number of people in Western culture, um, which is the culture we live in. But there's also a large layer of people who are either Bible neutral or just Bible curious. If somebody said it or put it in a way that, you know, wasn't off-putting. So I think there's also like, that's a significant layer of our culture. Um, and if you can be communicating in a place where everyone is existing, YouTube, uh, and if you can uh, talk about the Bible in a way that f feels disarming, educational, funny, uh, uh, you know, people want to learn about what Christians believe and Jews believe, even if they don't want to believe it themselves. So I think there's something there. Religion is just still a huge, vital player in the life of Western culture. And if if it's made accessible, I think it just resonates with people because it's about what everybody cares about, <laughs> like right. the meaning of their lives and how to live in the world and yeah. what on earth is going on around here. So yeah, so it's a so one one reason why we think it's effective is because of the tone hmm. of that it's not hmm. it's not preachy. It's not you. Hmm. You need to believe this. Mm. It's you ought to understand this. Yeah, because it's yeah. it's really amazing. Yeah, um, that's, and, that's right. Yeah. And also, what I was not saying very clearly was just it's inherently compelling. Once you can yes. actually just show people what that's the true. Bible is about and who Jesus actually is mm. and what he said and did, he he can his story tells itself. Yeah. Uh, once people can get through all of the obstacles, you know, and. Uh, I think it's the story's compelling. Even if you don't believe it, it's still a compelling story uh, about our world and about who we are. And I think that was really our our goal is to just get the story in front of people and then let the biblical story, kind of the Holy Spirit, does does his own work. Well, I had the privilege of meeting Mike, who's a pastor in Alabama at an event that we were both at this fall, and we really hit it off, had some deep conversations uh, and some great discussion, uh, and right after that, had the privilege of beginning to walk alongside of Mike uh, in his coaching journey. So, Mike, thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, man, what a privilege. Thank you, Alan, for inviting me. I'm well, excited to be here. It's been fun, man. You've grown a lot, and we love watching when leaders grow. And we say only the hungry grow, and you've been so hungry. You come in having thought about what we talked about last time, dug in with the tools, and really are seeing that forward growth and momentum. So it's been such a joy to, to watch you grow. But I'm curious, Mike, after we connected uh, that first time at the lake, um, what made you pursue the coaching process? Well, I, uh, I pursued really for two reasons. Uh, one, um, Alan, I just felt stuck in my current situation. Um, not that the ministry was bad. You know, sometimes I guess we feel like it's a bad situation. I was in a good situation. Uh, but it sort of just felt uh, stuck, was unfulfilled in what was going on, and really just didn't know what to do with that. You know, I felt like I was uh, sort of sitting on a shelf and knew God was going to be bringing another season in my life, but just wasn't sure. And so, um, so I wanted to pursue coaching, uh, also to pursue coaching because I feel God gifting me in that area of coaching others. And so, uh, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know, you know if that's my next season or not, but so, uh, just enjoyed our conversation at the lake and getting to know you and just knew that, uh, you know, you, uh, you know, God has gifted you as some, some specifics to help, you know, uh, guys. And so, uh, I just, um, yeah, it was just. Wanting to uh, to grow and, and see where God would take me. Awesome. Well, I, I love that you kind of opened it up bare a little bit. We don't grow uh, apart from hunger and honesty, and you've been both of those things. And uh, so from the start, man, to just see you kind of strip it back to the basics of your life and leadership and really build back up is, is that progression, that forward momentum that I've seen. You've grown in a bunch of different ways, but could you narrow it down to one or two of the ways that coaching has helped you grow? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, you know, that's tough to answer too, but I'll, I'll, I'll try. Um, I think the biggest area has been in uh, sort of self-awareness slash confidence. 
and that is, you know, just uh, helping you help me uh, through our coaching sessions and through my prayer time to just find God's u unique design for me. You know, how did God create me? And, you know, I was sort of challenged to have to think about that and, you know, um, just have to think about who I am and, you know, why, why do I operate the way I do? and Why do I think the way that I think? And rather than thinking that that, you know, may be faulty or not good enough or whatever, uh, you sort of helped me just to see that's the way God, you know, designed me. And as a result of that, you know, the confidence began to, to really be pulled out of me to, you know, be able to jump out there and even started, you know, uh, trying to coach some guys one-on-one -on -one and uh, doing some coaching with my staff. I've been doing a lot of staff development. Uh, you know, so it's just been really huge to discover who I was and how God made me. And I can just naturally just sort of got out of those gifts and abilities without feeling like I need to be you or somebody else. So it was really liberating in that aspect. So mm. um, it helped bring some, uh, some clarity, you know, to my call and to, you know, what I believe God's going to do next season in my life. So uh, just super abound in a lot of areas. It's hard to really pinpoint just a couple. <laughs> well, that we, we love hearing that response, right? That it's affected so many different areas of, of life. We call comparison the great killer of creativity. I mean, when you compare yourself, Mike, to somebody else, another leader, another pastor somewhere else, um, you're just going to end up a crappy version of them. And that's not what we want. It's actually the opposite. Like you say, we're really digging at what is Mike uniquely designed to do? And it really feels like you're coming out with some great answers. We're kind of chipping away right now at the process. Um, we're not finished yet. And so God's going to do a whole lot more in the next sessions that we have. Uh, but Mike, you're getting there, man. Love watching yeah. you grow. It, it's really been fun to, to see. I'm curious, what surprised you about the coaching process? You know, what, uh, what really surprised me the most as I thought about it was the fact that uh, God, you know, sort of used our sessions together to draw out of me what was already placed in me by him. You know, he promised that he who began a good work in you will perfect it. And, you know, it's interesting to see how you know, that work that God has been doing in me, especially over the past two years when I've been coaching other guys, um, and I was feeling that stuckness, you know, that I had some of those answers already. I had some of those abilities that God had already placed in me. I just didn't know how to get them out. And God uniquely designed you to help me to be able to draw those out in order that uh, I can access it. You know, so it's sort of like a computer. You know, you, you put a file on your computer and maybe you forget where you put it and you lost it and you hunt and you hunt and hunt for it and finally you find it. You know, it's, uh, it's very liberating, exciting, joyful um, to be able to see that, you know, hey, God has put that in me already. And that's, that's pretty incredible. Awesome, man. Well, Mike, your growth is contagious. People hearing about it here on the podcast, sharing about it within your church. I know you're already coaching other people, already leading other leaders and shepherding other shepherds out there. So Mike, it has been a blast to watch you grow. Well, man, I, I appreciate just your, uh, your investment in me. And, you know, if I was going to add one other thing to our conversation that I would do, I would tell you always say, you know, and what's really been valuable to me is take your right next step. You know, that has really helped me out a lot. Mm, yep. Yeah. Don't try to boil the ocean. Just do your next right thing. We always get overwhelmed by the next 15 <laughs> steps, maybe even the next three steps, but what's your next step today? And you just keep taking your next step, Mike. Amen. And of course that's leading you more toward growth and towards some of these places. Um, not always easy, can be scary at times. Terra sighting is the word that we use for growth. Um, equal parts terrifying, equal parts exciting, but it's, it's been amazing to watch. Mm. And if you are listening to this podcast, you are facing complexity right now. Leadership was already complex. And then the things that have happened over the last month and the last six weeks, the things that will continue to happen, will need to change and adapt. If there's any way we can serve you as a leader with one-on-one -on -one individual coaching, with group coaching in one of our cohorts, please reach out to us at hello at stayforth.com. If you want to go see what our coaching is all about, we know that all of you are a little bit different. Your situation's a little bit different. Your role's a little bit different. So you might be looking for something a little bit different in coaching. You can head on over to stayforth.com and click on our coaching page. You can see some of our options. But we'd love to watch you grow in your unique design, in clarity like Mike has, and would love to have you connect with one of our Stay Forth coaches.
and you guys, I, I think that is what's compelling is that it is a unified story that you're telling. And I think most people, even a lot of Christians probably aren't aware of that. And I think you guys might be unlocking maybe a paradigm shift for a lot of people and how they read the Bible and how they approach the Bible Mm. um, by unpacking themes and showing that there really are consistent themes and a consistent narrative that's woven throughout this kind of confusing book, if we're honest. And Mm. that says a lot of weird stuff and Mm. that we don't necessarily know how it all pieces together. And so how do you guys how do you tackle that? I mean, you, you said you had a huge library that you already thought about um, before you launched the project, but how do you take an ancient, complex text and communicate it in unifying themes? How do you guys approach that? What does that look like for you to enter into what I think is a, a really hard task that you guys do amazingly well? Yeah, well, I, I guess in, in many ways, uh, what John and I are talking through all the themes and ideas that get distilled into videos. Uh, there are things that I've just gleaned from being a professional student <laughs> for, for uh, over 20 years now. Uh, I did not do well in school growing up. I barely graduated high school. Um, but when I became a follower of Jesus uh, in my early 20s, or when I was 20, um, I just became inherently interested in the Bible because Jesus cared about the Bible. And so really the Bible is the form of any in-depth education that I've ever had. It's actually (laughs) through biblical studies that I've learned modern history. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And like, so, uh, all just, I, uh, I'm inherently driven to try and understand who Jesus is, which means understanding what these texts that he was constantly talking about, what they mean and how they work together. So that's just been, that's my mission in life is to figure out how it all works. Um, and so what I was introduced to a set of skills and a paradigm early in my education uh, about how to study the Bible as a work of literature, a work of literary communication um, in different literary styles, ancient Jewish literary styles, how themes and design patterns unify the whole thing. I don't know. I was just, I didn't ever learn to read the Bible another way. <laughs> so, so I think uh, when I jumped into pastoral ministry about seven years ago, uh, I realized like, oh, no one else around me understands the Bible. And I got to just have this 14 year mm. education where it makes, it finally makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> And so, in a way, it's kind of just sharing that with the wider world. So for you, it's it wasn't a paradigm shift, but for for mm. me, it is. I grew up reading the Bible from a very early age, and was taught to read the Bible as um, kind of an instruction book, and also a, a devotional uh, book. And um, those those things aren't necessarily wrong but um but i didn't have a paradigm of understanding it as literary art and seeing design patterns and um appreciating the narrative Hmm. that goes all the way through it Hmm. um and so as we've had these conversations i have to filter it through my old paradigm into a new paradigm and i think part of that is also what helps us mm, mm. figure out how to communicate this because I That's think right. the majority of our audience yeah. comes from a similar yeah. similar place that I've come from. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's how I was raised as well. I was raised in the church. And then people coming from outside of the church world, I think that's probably their perception as well, that it's kind of a rule book for life. Um, of do's and don'ts and kind of a handbook of how Christians are supposed to live. And yes, there are, there's law in there and you, you guys talk about that, but ultimately there are these rich human themes that mm. resonate deep with mm. the kind of the human experience and condition mm. that I think we miss out on. Mm. Um, and maybe the, the culture at large misses out on because we haven't been communicating it that mm. way. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think there is much to glean from maybe that paradigm shift that 
I don't know. It's anecdotal, but it seems like from my experience and even from a ministry experience that that is primary, primarily the way that people approach mm-hmm. scriptures. Mm-hmm. And so I think you guys are, you know, offering something a little bit unique and not just that from the biblical theology standpoint, but through the format and function mm-hmm. of the visual style. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to communication, like communicating ancient truths or themes, um, is there a tension that you guys run into when it comes to maybe an innovative style or how you speak it, how you condense it down to five minutes? Is there a tension as you express ancient truths and themes in 2020 mm-hmm. to try to make them relevant and connect with your with your audience? I wouldn't say tension. I, I would more say just uh, challenges. Hmm. Um, but they're just the same kinds of challenges that present themselves in any time we try to communicate with another person. Um, <laughs> so I think that's what, in its essence, the biblical story, like you just said, is addressing core issues to the human mm. story that actually most people are already thinking about in one way or another. Mm. Not not everything the Bible says is something that people are already thinking about, but a lot of it is. So um, I think more where we start is... Through time, you know, I can identify like, oh, the uh, the tree of life or the Sabbath or this is a core theme that weaves through the whole story. Sometimes it happens that it's an issue that everybody's already thinking about. We made a video on justice, you know, in the storyline of the Bible. Um, but we also made a, a couple of videos on the theme of exile in the Bible, mm. <laughs> which I'm convinced nobody was thinking about before we released the videos. And maybe a lot of people still aren't thinking about it, but it's really core. So more, we kind of let the material, the biblical story actually drive the agenda. And then we are just kind of following that lead. And then we let our artists just get creative about what visual styles are going to work best to communicate that idea. So when we make the biblical theme videos, those are the most difficult to write mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. what we're doing is we're isolating one theme and Mm. we're trying to just explain that single theme Mm. throughout the storyline of the Bible. But in reality, the Bible is this tapestry Mm -hmm. of themes. Yeah. And they all, you know, it's like a chord and they all work together. Yeah. And you just take one out and try to say this one's really meaningful in and of itself. And it is, Mm -hmm. but... Mm. But now we have to make a lot of decisions about, well, what do we focus on or not focus on? And, and, and so, like Tim said, this is, this is what you have to do in any form of communication. Do you, mm. do you simplify to the point where mm. you're, you've made it too simple? Mm. Or, do you, or do you keep the complexity to the point where it's not easy to understand? Mm. And um, so I think if there is a tension, it's, you know, how do you find the simplicity that still has fidelity? Yeah. And how do you do that in a way that's um, both being true to the whole story of the Bible, but also isolating one yeah. theme? Uh, this is where I've learned a lot from you, John, is uh, um, I always joke that if it were just me writing the videos, they would all be half an hour long and no one, <laughs> no one would watch them. So, but I, yeah, I, over the years, I've learned the art of, uh, being concise and succinct and learning how to identify what's essential to understanding something and what is interesting, <laughs> but not essential. Yeah. And so the cutting room floor for our videos is deep uh, by the end of the process. Yeah. And But usually it's all the stuff that's interesting, but not essential. And that itself has been a huge learning journey for me with every one of these videos. And it's true that as you... Uh as you think of how you're going to explain something, you realize how well you really understand it yourself. <laughs> and, um, and that's, that's true for us. Yeah. And what happens is we get another layer of feedback when we sit down with our artists and we say, Hey, draw what we're talking about. And then when they come back with ideas, we realize, mm. okay, we're not being clear mm. or, Oh, that helps us realize we could, yeah. Maybe go a different direction. Yeah, that's right. Be more clear in a different way. Yeah. And so um, there's a lot of really yeah. great yeah. feedback there. This just happened today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We met with our artists a couple of days ago about a video 
And we love the visual style they develop, but we realized the script as written didn't work at a couple points with the visual ideas they had. So we rewrote it to fit the visuals they developed so that the ideas would be more matched visually. And now it's, it's so awesome. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I get this theme better than I did before. Yeah. No, it's really cool. Yeah. I mean, there's a process for every communicator, right? I mean, whether you're preaching a sermon or writing a tweet, you're trying to kind of condense, yeah, the essentials into a way that, that is full enough, um, yet is digestible. And that's where I think I resonate so much with, with especially the theme videos, but the books of the Bible videos, where you're able to take these deeply complex, yeah, tapestry of, of scripture and um, show us the, the woven story uh, and meaning throughout all of it. And we have a lot of communicators that listen along, whether they're pastors or writers or content creators to some capacity. As you guys talk about some of your process, what are some practical things or tricks or wisdom that you've learned about communication during this journey? Um, I'm sure five years has taught you a lot as far as what it means to communicate at all, but especially scripture. You know, uh, I haven't been asked that question in quite that way uh, for a while. So I don't have like a a really thought out answer off the top of my head. <laughs> I, I mean, I think some of the things, what we were just talking about has been a big one for me. Uh, just learning um, that th just because I find it interesting doesn't mean it's essential. Mm. And I came across this all the time in the years where I was preaching regularly yeah. was uh, how to be concise in a way in a way it's loving your neighbor yeah as yourself it is it's like i think this is a cool illustration i think this is a cool quote yeah i'm gonna use it yeah and then but it's like it's not essential it's just that i want to do it and yeah. so it's really that getting into your listener's mind hmm. what will help them in the least amount of op with least amount of obstacles yeah uh walk away with a, a light bulb moment and yeah uh, I call it intellectual empathy. Oh, oh. You're trying to discern what's going on in someone else's mind mm. and empathize with that, F feel what they're feeling mm. as they're trying to understand something. Mm. And it's hard to do because once you've understood something, yeah. now you get it. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to put yourself in the position of not getting it anymore. Mm. And it's easy to assume that other people are just going to uh, know things that you know, especially if it's stuff you've known your whole life or you know very deeply. Mm. And so being able to try to empathize with where someone's at and then how hard it is to kind of reconstruct ideas. Um, and uh, and so like Tim said, being really careful about what you're putting in front of them because each breadcrumb along the trail mm. needs to um, build towards something. Mm. And if it's just interesting to you and you're just kind of flexing because it's a cool quote or mm. it's like, mm. you know, this really funny story, but it isn't actually building mm. towards the end, mm. um, you're going to, it's just going to be distracting mm. for people. And they might remember the story, but then you haven't really done your job as, as an explainer communicator, because mm. ultimately what you're doing is you're, you're giving them a new infrastructure in which to understand an idea mm. and and to, you want to build that infrastructure strong but you don't need to like then fill it out with every little detail mm. that'll be a lifelong journey of mm -hmm. filling out that that a uh, way of understanding mm. so if you could build that infrastructure you've succeeded mm. um and uh and if you're trying to like build a part of the house mm -hmm. and make it look really awesome while they don't have the infrastructure mm. um I don't, I don't think it's as effective. That hits me pretty hard as a pastor. I mean, it's convicting, right? That, that it's, it's an empathetic way of communicating that I think sometimes I overlook in my own life, you know, as I'm developing a sermon or writing content or something like that of, of truly caring and loving the potential eyeballs that are going to read it or the ears that are going to listen um, and communicating for them for a purpose of, you know, that they truly understand and there's transformation that happens. And yeah, that's, that's huge. <laughs> that's, that's huge on so many different levels. Um, so for you guys kind of switching gears a little bit when it comes to just creative output, because you guys 
are creating a lot because you have a podcast as well, which is, is that an hour format generally? Yeah. For, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's weekly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Though, though all, every episode is consists of conversations that we're having as we work on the videos that the, so there is an overlap. It, it's not yeah, we're not producing a show per se. Yeah, correct. Um, which would take a lot more time. It's not like, mm-hmm. you know, well, you prepare, Tim. That's true. I put a lot of work in. Because but for you, me, it's the it's the upstream work I do for preparing any video that right. we're going to work on. Yeah. 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 So, so what does it look like for you guys to maintain mm. that creative energy and output? Is there anything you do? Mm. Is there rhythms or boundaries that you guys have learned throughout these, you know, five or so years? Because mm. it is. It's a lot to continue to to produce mm. that creative energy. Hmm. Um. Well, I, I guess my, my contribution mainly is on the content side. And mm-hmm. um, so, I mean, for me, it's a dream come true because I was already scratching to create as much time as I could to read and study the Bible. Um, and then once I was able to make it my job, it's just like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. So I think for me, it's about, yeah, pr- uh, first just uh, creating a life rhythm and schedule that can go for the long run that's built in with a lot of time to read and study and to reflect. Um, there's so much changes in a year of how like I will say something now or frame it or things that I can see that I couldn't see even a year ago in the Bible. And so I've learned to get a head start and uh, let things simmer for weeks, months, but before I put something in front of John and I to talk about, so, but that's just I would I'd do that in my spare time anyway, you know. So, uh, so that you know, for me, that involves being surrounded by stacks of books, and uh, that's my happy space. Uh, but then once um, I put together, um, John and I kind of keep cultivated a list of, of videos we're going to work on. And so I create a, a whole series of notes like I would for a class. I treat it like prep for a class. And then I take John through what I would take a class through about this theme or book or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it does. I guess it could feel like we've done a lot in five years. <laughs> but um, it, it hasn't felt. I mean, mm. you've worked extremely hard, yeah. especially in certain seasons. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tim. Um and you're just you're just a diligent kind of yeah. work and you love it. Yeah. And I can be workaholic. Yeah. But I think we've created good rhythms. Yeah. Um I was a I was an actual like card carrying workaholic mm. in my previous gig mm. and I was burning out my family. Mm. Um so when we started this project, we um I wanted to build in an opportunity to not do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so uh so there are some some tangible things, but I think they will vary mm-hmm. from person to person what 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 you actually need to have a restful rhythm. Yeah. But um, I will say, you know, what one thing that I I believe is that it's really easy to overestimate how much you can get done in a week or a month or a year. It's really easy to underestimate what you can get done in like five years, mm-hmm. and I, th- that's something a, a mentor told me in my early twenties. I actually just when Tim Tim and I have talked about this yeah. a number of times, I just found out that Bill Gates has a very similar quote. Uh-huh. Um, huh. He said, um, "We always overestimate the change that will occur in the next two years, and underestimate the change that will occur in the next 10. Mm-hmm. And don't let yourself be lulled into an action. Yeah. So it's really this that yeah. steady showing up day after day. Yeah. Um, and continuing to build, Mm. um, you know, it's putting an X on the calendar every day. Mm. Um, it feels like, am I really making progress? And then after a while you realize like, Whoa, no, we've got 180 videos. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, it's just kind of that consistent. Yeah. What, what is the, what is the, the, there's a, uh, a book. Uh, I bet there is. <laughs> it's just coming to my mind. Something about obedience, slow long obedience, ob- long obedience in, in the same, same direction. Area. Yeah, there yeah, yeah. Is. Yeah, there Eugene totally. Peterson. Yeah, late Eugene mm-hmm. Peterson. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, the the season where both 
both of us were working our other jobs and doing this. Um, that yeah. was an intense season. Yeah. Uh, and once we were both able, within a year, we were both able, we had the artist team full time and rocking. Then, because that was the most important thing, was to like get a stable design department. And then we shifted over to it being our main thing. Yeah. And then it was the same. We both kind of had these seasons of like, okay, we want to do this for as long as we're supposed to. So, how do you design? A, we both have little kids. Mm -hmm. So, you know. How do you uh, shape a life that can keep you energized and creative, but also not overworked? And uh, it's been an interesting balance. We're bo also both introverts. So I th maybe for me, it's easier because there's a lot of things that come along that we could do. And uh, I just worked hard with my wife to develop a clear set of criteria for everything that I say no to, mm. which is almost mm, everything. Say no. There <laughs> yeah. it is. There's a tip. Yeah, say just no. say no to more than you say yes to. And uh, if you're the kind of person who's really trying to focus on something, and yeah. I've just found, like I've never done before, I say no more than I say yes. And because everything you say yes to is actually saying no to a bunch of other things. Yeah. So the question is, yeah. what am I going to actually prioritize? And this has probably been the longest adult season of my life where I've been able to really focus and have healthy life work work life margins and it's been a, a huge gift I'm one of really the grateful one of the best tips i've gotten in this area is from a guy paul graham and he writes um as his he he's he's founded a bunch of internet startups and he has this incubator for startups and stuff mm. but um super productive guy mm. he um he wrote this essay called the top thing on your mind mm. and um He's talking about how how valuable the top thing in your mind is. So like when you're in the shower, what does your mind drift to start mm. thinking about? Mm. You know, mm. or when you're on a long drive, what does your mind drift to start thinking about? Because that's this imaginative, creative time that your brain is processing and actually solving a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. And um mm. and what I found was that uh early on in this project, I was still owner of a, of another business and I liked the business to some degree, but it was it, it was always the top thing in my mind. Mm -hmm. It was always the thing that my mind would shift to. And so for me, it's like really important to simplify mm -hmm. and not have too many things going on so that when there is a moment to reflect, the thing that my mind goes to is mm -hmm. is the thing that I, that I really want to be. Yeah, focusing on. Yeah. No, I find that I can only create, I can only be creative when I have the margin to do so. Yeah. And when I'm living at a hurried pace and I'm trying to, you know, put out fires or attend to a thousand different things, um, that's when I feel scattered and pulled apart mm. and, and anxious and overwhelmed. And the first thing that goes, I find, is my creativity. Mm -hmm. That I don't have the, I guess, just space um, to to process and, and create. And so when I think about you guys... Mm. And just how creative that space is, not just the visual side of things or the storyboarding and the script writing, but, um, you know, you're not just kind of transferring knowledge from scripture, but you are creating, helping to frame up this, this storyline, mm. um, which is a creative process of communication. And mm. so, I'm, I mean, you guys might not feel like it's a, a lot of content over the last five years or so, but <laughs> when I look at that, I'm just like... I'm like blown away and I get a little overwhelmed just looking at, you know, the, the portfolio. And so, yeah, that, that does seem like, you know, a lot, a lot of work, but as long as you have those healthy rhythms and boundaries and can say no, then mm -hmm. it's just pace. Mm -hmm. You just, you know, take it one day at a time and, mm -hmm. um, but it's awesome. Mm. Um, so as we close up, that's actually what I want to talk about was healthy rhythms, but we just kind of, we mm. unpack that. Um, mm. So final question mm. is how can people follow along with, with what you're doing or even support you guys at the Bible Project? Well, thank you for the question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can, so our stuff's up at bibleproject.com mm -hmm. and, um, and youtube.com slash the Bible Project. And uh, we've, we've found that um, just getting into the content mm -hmm. is is awesome because mm. we think it it is valuable it is good stuff and um 
if you find it valuable, then you'll want to get more involved. And we've got a bunch of people supporting us mm. that that the ranks are growing and mm. we feel we feel mm. really blessed. Mm. Well, great. Tim and John, thank you for talking to our listeners and spending time with us. Guys, go check out thebibleproject.com and go look at their content. And if you want to, support what they're doing because they're doing amazing things and um, really just bringing the Bible to life for so many different people. So thanks, guys. And we'll see you in the next episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. Man, such a good conversation. And these guys have had a massive massive impact. We're talking millions. We're talking people understanding scripture who didn't understand it before the themes below it. I love what these guys do, and this was an honor to have them on the podcast. I just want to leave you with one question. How do you need to change how you communicate online? How do you need to change how you're communicating online? It's one thing to have a conversation with someone. It's another thing to drop bombs online and say things that you wouldn't face to face. And I think we have a real issue today with just trying to speak our mind or type our mind um, with our keyboard or with our thumbs, things that we wouldn't say face to face with things that we wouldn't say face-to-face. Guys, thanks again for joining us here on the podcast. We know there's a lot of things that you could be doing. There's a lot of other content you could be soaking in, and we're excited to have you along for the ride. We want to remind you, head on over to Storehouse. That's storehouse.world if you want to be part of this podcast and supporting us as we continue to produce high-quality episodes for you guys. As always, we want to remind you that you can indeed lead for the long haul. You hear stories of carnage from Christian leaders all the time, but there are so many faithful leaders continuing to live out their life, their calling, their leadership to be the disciples, the moms, the dads, the friends, the pastors, the leaders, the businessmen and businesswomen God has called them to be. So thanks for joining us, and we will catch you on the next episode.